Welcome to the treasure hunt. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the treasure hunt. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host for Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, your host for Connecting the Dots. Welcome to the treasure hunt. Hi, everybody. I'm going to get right into what, I, what I'm, I've been doing for the last few weeks. I've been reading out of this book called God's Secret by a new author. Her name is Marianne Manley. She's out of San Diego, California. Her name is Marianne Manley. I've been reading the last few weeks out of her book called God's Secret. And it's a very interesting book. And I call this the treasure hunt. Reason being because, you know, you, you, you know, you're going to treasure hunt. And most treasure hunters, you know, they just hunt for gold. They hunt for jewels. They hunt for shells, diamonds, etc., land or property or whatever. You know, it's a certain pearl or jewel or property they're hunting for to find some secret to find some truth of certain things where it's hid at. Well, I just put the uh, put that on there when it, when it comes to God's secret. God has a, a hidden secret. The mystery program, the Paul, the uh, the mystery program was ushered in by Jesus Christ to our apostle, the apostle Paul, and he gave Paul a mystery, a revelation of the body of Christ. He gave him certain mysteries mysteries and revelations that's, that was never revealed to anyone else but the Pastor Paul. So that's why this book is called God's Secret. It's going to give you a paramedic view of God's timeline. I went through the fall of man, Adam and Eve. I went through Noah and Moses. If you want to hear the beginning of these radio podcasts, you just have to go back and you just have to play those audios over and just try to catch up that way because of time constraints. I really cannot just go back over the over everything but you know you uh do your due diligence you go back and you just easily it's very easy just kept catch, catch up on the podcast go through those and then just you know catch up on the one that i'm doing now but the uh the name today what i'll be dealing with today and what i'll be reading out of mary's manly we went through moses was the last one i left off at now we're going to be starting the kingdom program the promised kingdom for Israel. This this uh, reading is going to be the promised kingdom. I'm not going to give you nothing in advance what's going on. So what I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to keep this at least at least 25 minutes long on each section. But remember, I'm reading and I'm quoting out of a book by Marianne Manley, a very good scriptural, versatile book. I recommend it. You know, I really recommend it by Marianne Manley calls God's Secret. That's why I'm doing my treasure hunt in her books. Books that I really dig into, like the uh, the Bible, The Big Picture by John and Lori Verstigen, what I never got to finish. Uh, I will do that one day, finish up that, that book, because forgive me for that, I never got to finish that book. So I will be going back, you know, sometime in the future, finishing up that book of Lori and John Verstigen, The Bible, The Big Picture, very interesting book, good book itself. But without any further ado, I'm going to start off and the kingdom is promised and I'm going to be quoting out of without a Marianne Manley's book called God's Secret so I want you to please pay attention please write verses down you know just please just uh I'm going to read I'm going to be reading slowly and I'm going to be reading things over and over and repetitiously so you can get some type of understanding anything I need to elaborate on I will elaborate on it if I 
feel that you don't understand what's going on or certain concepts or certain words in this book. If I can break it down, I will do that. But most of the book, most of the time, I will reject. I will be letting Marion Manley out of her own book, explain her own book, because you know she doesn't need me to do that. Without further ado, let me get into Marion Manley's book and just go on the rest of the treasure hunt. Reading out of God, out of God's secret. This this section would be on the kingdom is promised. David, king of Israel. Now, Marian Manley got this happening around 1000 BC. Remember, BC means before Christ. She got this happening and all taking place. The uh, the setting up of the kingdom around 1000 BC. Now, quoting and reading, the seed line continues through David. Oh, excuse me. Oh, these tablets black out too much. Uh, One thing I don't like about tablets and phones, they black out too much. The seed line continues through David. God promised King David that his descendants would inherit an eternal kingdom. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. You'll find this in 2 Samuel 7, 16. This is the the start of the Davidic covenant. Let me read this again. This is, you'll find this in 2 Samuel 7, 16 reading. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever. King David, this is the beginning of the kingdom. This started all, the whole kingdom program. And this will be ushered in the Messiah, uh, Israel's King Jesus, their Messiah, their King, who they've been waiting for. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established established forever before thee before who is thee Israel thy throne shall be established forever you'll find this in 2nd Samuel 7 and 16 that's the beginning of the Davidic covenant the Bible in the King James Version call it the Davidic covenant okay continue reading Satan continued to attack the seed of the woman Saul had a satanic hatred for David at one point in Israel's history, only one son remained of the seed royal of King David's descendant, because Athaliah killed all her grandchildren except for Joash. But when Athaliah, <clears throat> the mother of Ahaziah, Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. But Jehoshaphat, or Jehoshabiat, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from one of the king's sons, um, from among the king's sons that were slain, and put him in his nurse in a bad chamber. Okay, you'll find that in 2 Chronicles 22, 10 and 11. 2 Chronicles 22, 10 and 11. Okay, continuing. God promised to deliver his children Israel from bondage to Satan. But thus said the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contended with thee, and I will save thy children. Isaiah 49 and 23, you find it in Isaiah 49 and 23. Yep, reading through. That's amazing how you can hear, uh, you can, when I start doing this teaching, all of a sudden a lot of noise and a lot of things start cutting up. Man, if that's not the enemy, I don't know what it is. It seems like a lot of noise and a lot of action start taking place as the minute I get the reading, okay? So I just read out of Isaiah 49 and 25, and I'm quoting out of Mary, Mary, Mary and Manley's book. Continuing. God's people go into captivity. All right. The nation Israel continued to disobey God. Oh, they did. They worshiped idols and false gods first. The northern tribes were taken. After they idol false gods, first thing happened was the northern tribes were taken. 
captive. And then the southern, where the tribes were released from the countries of their captivity, they returned to their land, rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem and the temple. All right. Daniel in captivity gives Israel the timeline. Now we're going into Daniel now. Okay. Reading. While in captivity, Daniel was a prophet of God, uh, approximately about 600 B.C., according to Mary Manley, about 600 B.C., where Daniel done this or said this, wrote this prophecy. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Now, you know what that kingdom is. That's a divided kingdom was going to usher in the Messiah, Israel's Messiah, Jesus, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel 2 and 44. Then she got a picture here showing a statue of Nebuchadnezzar. You will have to really go and try to break down or get some explanation about the 70 weeks of Daniel. And all this, this is talking about prophecy of the, the common kingdom, what's going to happen in the future, the thousand-year reign and the millennial kingdom, where Israel's been waiting for for thousands of years for their coming Messiah King. Okay, reading. Another prophecy I saw in the night visions by Daniel, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and language should serve him. Let me read that again. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, Nations and languages languages shall serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that's which shall not be destroyed. You'll find it in Daniel seven thirteen. Okay, elaborate on that. The kingdom of heaven is going to be an everlasting kingdom. It will never be destroyed. It will stand forever. That's just uh basically plain. And that that passage speaks for itself, which I'm reading out of Marianne's manly, manly book. Okay. All right, continuing. And Daniel chapter two through seven and seven, the timeline of the kingdoms of the earth is given until the coming of Messiah to set up his kingdom when the times of the Gentiles are over. Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled, you'll find it in Luke 21 and 24. Luke 21 and 24. Continue reading. Daniel gave his people a timeline of events leading up to the first coming of the Messiah and then the kingdom, which are recorded in Daniel 9, 24 and 27. You'll find this in Daniel 9, 24 and 27. By a series of weeks, this is what I'm talking about, the 70 weeks of Daniel. 70 weeks are determined. Listen very closely. You know, it takes a little time to really figure this out, but really very, I don't, I don't expect you to understand this. And I don't think Mary herself, but she just gave you a paramedic view of the breakdown in Daniel 70 weeks explained. 70 weeks are determined. Seven times seven equal 490, 490 years. Remember, the weeks are really a minute in the Jewish calendar. They're talking about years and then time. Seven times seven equal 490 years. Daniel, you will find that at 924, Daniel 924. Seven weeks. In other words, seven times seven equals 49 years from the command to rebuild Jerusalem and the wall. Then, 434 years. Now, reading, 400 of those years is silent. 
then 34 years. 400 years of silence, then 34 years until the coming Messiah. Who's the Messiah? The becoming Jesus, Israel's Messiah, the King Jesus. Came right into Jerusalem, okay? Now, breaking down the numbers again. 7 times 7 plus 62 times 7 equal 49 plus 434, which totals of, uh, which total up to 483 years. Okay, let me, let me read that again. 7 times 7 plus 62 times 7 equal 49 plus 34, a total of 483 years. That's equal 69 weeks. Now, this is kind of confusing to understand because sometimes it's still confusing to me, but I'm just reading out this book. I don't, expect, I don't expect you to understand this. That's why you have to do your due diligence and we have to do our study about the 70 weeks of Daniel. I'm going to do a teach, you know, have someone teach and break down the 70 weeks of Daniel. So don't worry about it. Don't get bogged down trying to understand these numbers, okay? Now, reading. Now, only one more week. Now, I understand this. We, this, this is what it's coming down to. Let me elaborate. The one more week is the seven-year tribulation. Okay, you have the seven-year tribulation. You know, it's, the weeks are years. So, everything else has tucked in place. But remember, it was a post, postponement. So, right now, we're waiting for that last seven-year tribulation that's going to happen in the Millennium Kingdom in the future. That's when God will pour down His wrath on the nations. He will pour it down on Israel. So, Israel's finally final final penalty that's going against them that's part of the seven-year tribulation okay let me keep reading now only one more week remains that's the seven-year tribulation seven days this equals seven year seven-year tribulation it's left to fulfill all 490 years now 430 483 has already been for uh, fulfilled it's missing seven years this is going to be the seven years is going to take place and the thousand year millennial kingdom in the ages to come in the future okay now Reading God's secret will explain why there's a gap. It's called okay. She's going to break down why is it? She's going to break it down in her book, not me. So listen carefully. God's secret will will explain why there is a gap between the 483 years and the last seven years, known as Jacob's trouble, mentioned in Jeremiah 37. Jacob's trouble mentioned in Jeremiah 37. All right. Now reading. Let's listen carefully. 400 years of silence. Then there were 400 years of silence, a famine of the words of the Lord. You find in Amos 8 and 11, Amos 8 and 11. Meanwhile, Satan had been calculated the time the Redeemer would come to Israel or had gone ahead spreading disease, evil spirits, and false religious teachers, man's rituals. Now, when Jesus came healing the sick, you know, giving a bright sight, you know, helping, you know, healing the uh, lame and all that and everything, that was caused by Satan. That was caused by Satan. He, he, he had he done a lot of spiritual wickedness because he was, he knew the Messiah was coming. He didn't really know when, but he knew and between that time, between that time, the Messiah is going to show up. So he starts uh, spreading heaven and disease and the paralytics and all kind of stuff and havoc in Israel and Jerusalem all around, you know, for that reason. And so let me read this again. Then there were 400 years of silence, a famine of the words of the Lord. Amos 8 and 11. You must read Amos 8 and 11. Meanwhile, Satan had been calculating. Satan had been calculating the time the Redeemer would come. He'd been paying attention to that close attention when the Messiah would come for Israel. The, the Redeemer would come and he had gone and he had spreading disease evil spirits and false religious teaching man's rituals before the Messiah set foot in Israel okay 
until she has a title called, this is another session called Jesus Christ Begin His Urgent Ministry. Now, we got out of King David. This is just a run to remember. This is not a verse by verse. This is something like a cliff note to give you a panoramic view of the format of God's timeline. Continue reading. John the Baptist, she got this started somewhere, 830 AD, when the, uh, the ushering of John the Baptist around 30 AD. Reading. The silence was broken by one crying in the wilderness and preparing the way for the king. Okay, she's talking about John the Baptist. Well, this is the he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. Greek for Isaiah. The King James and other verses probably say Isaiah's, but that the, that's the Greek name of Isaiah's. But the Greek way to say it is Isaiah. Saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way for the Lord and make his path straight. Matthew 33, Matthew 3 and 3. Let me read that again. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. You'll find this in Matthew 3 and 3. Now the one saying prepare and make his uh, path straight is John the Baptist and who is preparing the way for the Messiah. Remember, John the Baptist is just a forerunner. You know, he's just opening the doors, opening the way to coming of the Messiah, uh, uh, Israel's Jewish king. Okay, you'll find this in Matthew 3 and 3. Reading, God the Father sent John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. you find it in John 1 and 6, John 1 and 6. So I'm going to let you know when I'm quoting scriptures. That's why I just, I'm just reading the format, the way she got it in this book. So I hope it's not confusing you. This is just the format that Mary and Manny got it got it going in her book so i'm just quoting everything uh verbatim out of her book okay god the father sent john the baptist there was a man sent from god whose name was john you'll find this in john 1 and 6 john 1 and 6 john made the purpose of his baptism clear and john 1 and 31 we read that again john made the purpose of his baptism clear and john saint john 1 and 31 and this is what he said, that he should be the manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with the water? John came baptizing with the water. Okay. Continuing. John the Baptist prepared is prepared Israel for the kingdom. The king arrived at the perfect time prophesied by Daniel, who was the king again? Jesus. Remember, Jesus is the king. Who was the prophesied by of the coming king? Daniel was one of the prophesied. There was many other prophets prophesied, but this particular time, she's talking about Daniel. Because the time had come and their king, Jesus the Messiah, Israel's king, Jesus the Messiah, not the Gentiles. Remember this, Israel, Jesus came for Israel only when he came on earth. Okay. Excuse me. Because the time had come and their king, Jesus the Messiah, was in their midst. John preached. John was making making the way for the, uh, the ushering end of Jesus the Messiah. And what was he? What was John preaching? Repent ye. Remember, repent. Repent me. Change your mind. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king, the kingdom of heaven is now in hand because the king is on his way, or the king is within reach. That at hand means he's within reach. You can find that in Matthew three and two. Matthew three and two. Continuing. The law and the prophets were until John. What she mean by the law and the prophets were until John. The prophesying prophets, they prophesied about the coming Messiah, the becoming king. They was all before John. John is a prophet too. Remember, John the Baptist is a prophet too. He's one of the last prophets, you know, one of the last prophets that spoke about the coming of their Messiah. Okay. Since the time of the kingdom of God is preached and every man 
presseth into it. You will find this in Luke 16 and 16. Let me read that again. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. You'll find it in Luke 16 and 16. The prophesied time had come. Okay, reading the people of Israel who believe God will keep his word and send the redeemer for the remission. Remission means forgiveness of their sins and set up his promised kingdom came to be baptized by John. Let me read that again. The people of Israel who believed God will keep his word and send the redeemer for the remission of sins. Who's the redeemer? The redeemer is Jesus, the Messiah, Israel's Messiah. For the forget remission means forgiveness of their sins and set up his promised kingdom. And John came to be baptized by John. About baptized, okay. And they came to be baptized by John. So did Jesus. Okay. Before I go on, I just want you to understand the message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent means change of mind. Israel had to be baptized and they had their sin to, for, for the remission of their and forgiveness of their sins. Remember, this is not the body of Christ. All we have to be, do is believe what Jesus done and what Jesus did. What they had to believe, they was waiting for who Jesus was, their king and their Messiah. So therefore, they had to repent. They had to be baptized and then they would be they would not only be uh, forgiven for the remission of sins, and then they would be filled with the Holy Ghost later, which will, which will happen in Acts 2. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me continue, okay? All right. John the Baptist pointed Jesus out to Israel. Very plain right there. Continue reading. However, the kingdom was not the only thing that was at hand. So too was the wrath. Listen to this closely. However, the kingdom was not the only thing that was at hand. So too was the wrath. John warned Israel of the wrath to come. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, listen to this. He said it to them. Said it to who? He said it to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious, the religious leaders. O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The tribulation. Now, the wrath to come, he was talking about the tribulation. Matthew 3 and 7. Okay, let me continue the reading. Before I elaborate, I'm going to let her break down her own book and her own meaning. Continue. The prophet spoke of things prophesied since the world began. Okay? John's father, Zacharias, filled with the Holy Ghost, prophesied. Prophesied me foretold. He foretold concerning the coming Redeemer. Remember, the Redeemer is Jesus, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. Luke 1, 68 and 70. Since the world began, remember, the coming Messiah was prophesied since the world began. It was not a secret. It was foretold. So all of Israel and the Jews should have knew about the coming of the Messiah if they was paying attention because it was foretold. Continuing, John the Baptist was the son of a priest, so he was a priest by birth. He preached in the wilderness not temple to avoid the generation of vipers. Let me read this again. John the Baptist was a son of a priest. So he was a priest by birth. He preached in the wilderness, not temple to avoid the generation of vipers. Continuing, John the Baptist was to baptize with water. Those who believe that God will keep his word to his people, making them a kingdom of priests. But he also came to edify their king. That king, remember, is Jesus. 
Continuing, John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it. I am not worthy to unloose. You'll find it in John 1, 26 and 27. John 1, 26 and 27. Continuing. The way to go from being part of the apostate nation and to the believing remnant was faith demonstrated by water baptism. You'll find it in Numbers 8 and 7. So one of the ways uh, Israel had to go through and, and, and prove or become an apostate nation and by believing they had it was by demonstration by water baptism. The water baptism, what they call spirit back then you could find it in numbers eight and seven the beginning why Israel was the only one that had to be baptized not the Gentiles not the church today baptism was only for Israel to get them prepared and because they was preaching they had to be cleansed to get them prepared to go out into the rest of the world which is the Gentiles continuing okay John prepared the way for Jesus the Messiah of Israel and identified him to Israel. Let me read that again. John prepared the way for Jesus, the Messiah of Israel. Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, not the world, not the Gentiles. I want you to pay attention to these certain points of, you know, when I'm just spitting out there. This is not Marion doing this, but I, I want to put emphasis on certain points, you know, and certain voices or when it comes to the Messiah of Israel. Israel's Messiah. That's why I keep saying Israel's Messiah or the Messiah of Israel. That let you know that Jesus came for Israel only at that time, you know. And identify him to Israel. Behold, the Lamb of God, this is John, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's also future tense. John 1 and 29. John 1 and 29, you'll find that. Okay. John bear record that Jesus was the Christ. The Christ means the anointed one. Remember that Christ means the anointed one. John bear record that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. In other words, it laid upon him spiritually. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with the water, the same said it to me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. You'll find that speech by John and John 1, 32 and 34. John 1, 32 and 34. Continue. I got about five more minutes. Okay. John the Baptist and Jesus Christ were six months apart. Remember, they was cousins. Okay. Remember, they was cousins. Let me continue. John the Baptist and Jesus Christ were six months apart in age and related. Okay. Here's blackout again. And related. And the angel told Mary, the mother of Jesus, thy cousin Elizabeth, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Remember, I'm reading out of the King James. So, so, so the ones that do not understand the old English, that's why I just explain what certain words because the English, the English, English literature back then was a little different than today. So when they say conceive, you know that she talking about she, she had a son, she bared a son. You know, she was pregnant, she bared a son. And that's what conceived me for the ones that don't know. She conceived in her old age, you know, and in the sixth month with her who was called barren. That means she could not, she wasn't supposed to even have any kids. She was barren. That means you cannot have any kids. You'll find that speech in Luke 136. Not, not me saying that she cannot have any kids, but explain, but the whole verse I just read out, you can find that in Luke 1 and 36. Alright, I'm going to read one more section and then I'm going to stop. Jesus, the promised seed of the woman. I'm going to continue out of God's secret, okay? The law, 
not grace. Remember, talking about the law. The law, not grace, was in effect when God and the Son was born in Bethlehem. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. And these are the scriptures that prove what I just read. Remember, let me go back. The law not grace was in effect when God was when God the Son was born in Bethlehem. When Jesus was born, what this scripture and verse is saying that Jesus was born under the law. So the law was still un, in effect when Jesus set foot on earth. Okay, so the law was still going on. That's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the New Testament. It's still the law, still up under the law. The law, the new, the new covenant or the New Testament didn't take effect or start the beginning of the New Testament until after Jesus. Jesus died. So remember, Jesus, when he came, he came under the law. The law was still going on when Jesus was born. You can get proof of that by the teachings of Apostle Paul in Galatians 4 and 4. Okay, continue reading. The Holy Ghost was involved in the making of the baby, not a human man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, or come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, or you. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Self-explanatory, you'll find it in Luke 135, Luke 135. Continue reading. Paul confirmed that Jesus Christ is the seed. Now to Abraham and his seed, remember seed, not seeds, his seed is singular, meaning Jesus. Every time you see a seed in the Bible, majority of the time is talking about Jesus. Seed means Jesus, not seeds, plural, but seeds singular. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not and to seeds, like I just said, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ, Galatians 3 and 16. I just explained that before she explained it. That's why I get ahead of myself and I got to let her book explain it herself. So let me slow down and just read the book, okay? Jesus Christ fulfilled many prophecies. He was born a virgin. You can find that pro- prophesied in Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah 7.14. In Bethlehem, you can find that in Micah 5 and 2. He was prophesied in Isaiah 7.14 and he was born in Bethlehem according to Micah 5 and 2, Micah 5 and 2. Of the lineage of David, you'll find it in Matthew 1 and Luke 3, Matthew 1 and Luke 3, continuing. He came to reign for unto us, us meaning Israel. A child is born unto us. A son is given. Remember the unto us is not the world. It's not talking about everybody or every nation. It's talking about Israel. Unto us, which is Israel, a child is born unto us, which is Israel, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. He shall be the ruler over the government. Not when he was born, but later on down the line. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's prophesied in Isaiah 96. Read Isaiah 96, 96, which I'm reading the book of Isaiah, a very powerful book. And it has a lot of prophecy about the coming Messiah and everything. So read Isaiah 96 for that prophecy. I'm going to read this last section. Jesus Christ lived a, lived a perfect life. He finished the work given to him by his father. He began his ministry at the age of 30 and chose 12 disciples. You'll find it in Matthew 10, 1 and 4. Matthew 10, 1 and 4. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. And then I'm going to continue about 
the promised kingdom and the first coming of the king of the Jews is where I'm going to start off at in Mary Manley's book called God's Secret, the first coming of the king of the Jews, king of the Jews, excuse me. Okay, I hope you got something out of that. Like I said, I'm reading out of this book, this very good book, uh, just uh, written by Marianne Manley out of San Diego, California. Marianne Manley out of San Diego, California, and I'm doing what I call a treasure hunt in this book. You know, not to critique it, not to criticize, but just going to read out of it for some good nuggets that can be a help to the uh, the new believers and the old believers. You know, a lot of believers, new and old, especially the old believers, they're seasoned and everything like that. You, A lot of times you never heard this type of teaching. You never had the Bible really just... Uh, read down like that and explain like a, a, a lot of things you will hear on this radio, this podcast, not only out of me reading out of this book and myself and other teachers and authors that can even explain it better than me. You, A lot of you probably never heard this type of teaching and I know you haven't because I haven't either over a few years ago, but it's very enlightening Like, and I always say, and I'm going to keep on often saying this, if you read this book, and not only read this book, but you listen to a lot of the things and a lot of the teachers that I have on Connecting Dots, you're going to have a very one, two, three basic paramedic view of God's timeline. I will promise that if you just pay attention and even getting the information and listening and getting the information out of this book that I'm reading, God's Secret, plus some of the uh, information I get, you got out of the book, the Bible, the big picture from John and Lori Verstigen, you 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 should have got some type of understanding of God's timeline. You should know by now the believer, the believer should know by now that God has two programs. God works with two programs. You ought to know that by now. I ain't got to break it down because it's a lot of things I have on on my podcast that breaks down the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the uh, gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven for Israel and the gospel of the grace of God for everybody else, the nations, including Israel. So there's only one way to get saved today, and that's believing what Jesus done. The kingdom of heaven program, Israel had to believe who Jesus was. Let me say that again. Israel had to believe who Jesus was. They had to wait for their coming Messiah and their coming king. That was a dispensation, and that's the program that Israel was under, you know, ushering the coming of the Messiah. They had to believe who Jesus was. The gospel of the grace of God, the body of Christ, we get saved by believing what Jesus did. Two different ways of salvation. Both of them are authored and orchestrated by Jesus Christ, Israel's Messiah, Israel's King, the body of Christ. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Israel, to Israel, he's their Messiah, he's their King. To the body of Christ, he's our Lord and Savior, okay? So we need to just understand that. So he's King over everybody, but Israel was looking for him as being a King and their promised Messiah and their Redeemer. We look for Jesus and what he did for him be our Lord and and Savior. So I hope you got that right. Okay, this is Joseph Brownlee of Connected the Dots. I hope you enjoyed this quick teaching on treasure hunting and God's secret, a book written by 
Marianne Manley out of San Diego, California. God bless you all, okay? Before I go, I want to give an invitation, as I do, to the ones that's not saved that's listening to this podcast. Connecting the dots is really for believers, for new and old believers. It's just got saved or been saved for a while because you're going to get real deep spiritual nuggets that an unbeliever just cannot get, cannot swallow because his spirit has not been made alive because he's not saved. But if you're not saved, it's okay. I'm not going to turn you around or nothing like that. No. Because I want you to be saved. And the first and how to be saved is to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and believe that He died on the cross. Believe that you are a sinner. And what you're going to be saved from? You're going to be saved from either the tribulation period if you live and the rapture of the church come. I like to explain this so you get some type of idea what happens after salvation or what you've been, excuse me, what you've been saved from. You're going to be saved from the wrath of God. You're going to be saved from hell and the lake of fire. If you're not saved, when the Jesus come gets his church, his catching away of his church, and that's going to happen. And if you get left, you have to go through the seven-year tribulation, what I was just talking about in reading out of Mary Manley's book. And the only way you could be saved in is following the Kingdom of Heaven program and following Israel's program. And you will have to become a proselyte and be, you know, ushered in into Israel's program, which is going to be much harder. It's going to go back to the law and everything like that. The other beautiful thing, you have to remember, your sins have already been dealt with according to First, Second Corinthians 5 and 19. So the only thing is your in your way is your unbelief, not your sins. Your unbelief is the only thing slowing you down. So just remember that. So that's the beautiful thing of being saved. Your sins have already been dealt with. Once you believe you are saved, then you got the spiritual blessings and everything that's going to be mainly promised for the body of Christ in the future. Our blessings is spiritual. Israel's is earthly. Our spiritual blessings is heavenly. Israel's blessings are earthly. They get an inheritance on the earth. We get ours an inheritance in the heavenly places. Let me repeat that. They get their blessings in the earth, the kingdom of heaven, Israel. We get our blessings, the body of Christ, in the heavenly places. So there's as earthly eyes as spiritually eyes as heavenly. Okay, get that. You're going to get your spiritual blessings in the future. You're going to be redeemed. You're going to be justified. You're going to be glorified. You're going to get your new body, whether you're dead or alive. When Christ comes back for you, you're going to get your new body. You're going to become a new creature. They're going to take a, take away the Adam nature away from you, and you're going to get a new t- nature. You still will have the sin nature, so you still will sin. Don't don't get me wrong. But each sin that you do commit, and don't go do it. And this is not a license to go sin and live like hell. But I'm just saying, any sin you do commit has already been taken care of on the cross over a, a couple of thousand years ago by Jesus Christ. So your belief is the only one slowing you down from being saved in eternal heaven. Not your sins. Not the way you act. It's your unbelief. So believe that. So remember, your unbelief is slowing you down, not your sins. Your unbelief is slowing you down, not your sins. All you have to do is believe what Jesus done on the cross, believing that he died, he was buried, and he rose again, and then you will be saved. That's all to it, okay? Okay? So, don't ponder on that. This is a now thing. This is a now thing. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Connecting the Dots. Thank you for listening to Connecting the Dots. Just stay tuned for the future finishing off on The Promised King and, and this treasure hunt and God's Secret, a book I'm reading out by Marianne Manley. God bless you. I love you all. Bye-bye.